In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Betcha Sub Podcast. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betcha Sub Podcast is your bi-weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happening in the news explained by our two funniest friends. Which is us. Today we're talking about impeachment, Iran, and Australia. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. Like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. you like beer, Senator, or not? Um, Mom, I want a vape. Ah! Nude pictures of Trump. Come on now. Don't mess with me. The Betches Sub podcast how dare you so good to be back doing the show with you brian oh i agree yes it is how was spain it was amazing oh real quick um i was in a museum and this person comes up to me and she's like are you brian shut up and i was like am i in trouble you're i thought you were gonna say am i brian (laughs) i was like am i and they were like i listened to your podcast shut up yeah so she's uh her name is mare she's american living in uh spain and she listens to the podcast i've actually dm'd with her a couple times so hey mare hey mare that's so cool <laughs> i know it was really awesome oh my gosh a museum in spain like who mm-hmm. would have thought it was and it was also like a really like low-key museum that only like locals knew about so. yeah oh you were <laughs> of course that's how that's how cool you are yeah exactly no, really, i'm serious okay before we get into it we just wanted to um let you know a few things that are happening at betches this week First is that we launched our new brand, Betches Travel. We have a new Instagram. It is at Betches Travel, where we're going to be sharing things like itineraries, travel tips, funny tweets, Mm -hmm. um, you know, restaurant reviews, hotel reviews, everything you want to know about travel, crazy travel stories. So be sure to check it out. It got like 25,000 followers in less than 24 hours. That was amazing. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be lit at Betches Travel. Um, the second thing is we are rebranding the Betch Lap podcast. So this week we are officially relaunching the show as at Betches and each week it will feature a rotation of people from the Betches office, including some of your favorite people from this very show. Mm-hmm. And we'll be talking about the biggest pop culture stories of the week. So get on it. If you are already a Betch Lap fl- fan, check it out. If you're not, check out our new show at Betches. Yeah. Yeah, and the last thing we have is we have a brand new weekly newsletter called The Bachelor Breakdown, which is all about everything happening in Bachelor Nation. So if you're looking to take a break from sort of the crazy things happening in the world and you just want something a little bit simpler that reminds you of like, I don't know, 2002 or something, <laughs> check out The Bachelor Breakdown email and subscribe at betches.co slash bachelor breakdown. It's B-E-T-C-H-E-L-O-R breakdown, like what I'm having this weekend. <laughs> We really, really give you everything here at Betches. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so let's get into the show. Yes. Brian, what is getting you through this week in Trump's America? Well, I mean, whew, so not much. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, well, I guess because, you know, the, the news is so dominated by uh, the situation with Iran, which we'll obviously get to in a little bit. There's other things that have fallen apart, uh, fallen by the side, not fallen apart. Um, so yeah, so newly released emails, uh, show that Donald Trump ordered the hold on military aid to Ukraine, which is basically like the whole premise of the impeachment, 
which he has now been impeached for, and we are waiting for the trial. So a couple of weeks ago, the Center for Public Integrity obtained 146 pages of heavily redacted emails from the Trump administration through a Freedom of Information Act um, and a court order that showed extensive communication between the administration, um, so Trump, uh, to hold off on dispersing the aid to Ukraine. So that was interesting. Um, it was like, so the website Just Security re- uh, posted unredacted versions of the emails, but then there were um, just the emails were just released. And these were the emails that the House subpoenaed, but were concealed from them. So yeah, uh, basically the emails say that uh, they like, quote, said, um, reveal growing concern from Pentagon officials that the hold would violate the Impoundment Control Act which requires the executive branch to spend money as appropriated by Congress. Um, basically, it just reinforces that this idea to me that Trump just doesn't give a fuck about anything. Well, it shows that he, these emails indicate that he was aware that yeah. it was illegal to be mm-hmm. holding up the aid and that he was giving the clear direction to do it anyway since the se- the Associate Director of National Security at the the Office of Management and Budget, the people who literally appropriate the money, his name is Michael Duffy, he wrote to the Pentagon, clear direction from POTUS to continue to hold. So the idea that this could be foisted off and blamed upon anybody else is is completely, was blown up um, by the release of these emails. The mm-hmm. reason we're putting this story up top, because we know that, you know, you, you are all probably eager to hear about Iran, is that this story and the one that we're about to talk to in the thing that's getting, talk about in the thing that's getting me through the week, um, these two, there are two stories about Trump's finances that were really smoking gun-esque mm-hmm. that broke right before before the Iran stuff happened. Yeah. And I think a lot of people weren't even aware that these stories came out because there was so little talk of them it, it was relative like, to yeah. their importance. It was like a few hours where this story broke. And then, yeah. you know, the whole situation with Iran started to happen. And, you know, I don't think it will matter anyways. <laughs> I, I, Sadly, I know. But I think that the, the idea, I think, Yes, right now it doesn't matter, but I think as we get farther away from it and history starts to like impose its analysis on this time, Mm -hmm. I think that we'll see that this was a rash decision made by him in a time where he was feeling very reactive and the theory that he does things to distract from, from his criminality and the the discovering of his criminality might have some basis in what happened here. So, so to sum, sum up these, these emails show that Trump knew what he was doing was wrong. And it was at his own direction. And it came out hours before the assassination of someone, a massive, a major leader in Iran. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully people will talk about that again once, you know, yeah. I don't know. There's so much stuff to talk about. But anyways, Sammy, what's getting you through this week in Trump's America? Another deeply incriminating story, um, a new report that came out also the day of the um Iran, you know, the Iran goings on. Mm-hmm. A new report from came out came from Forensic News claiming that Trump's loans from Deutsche Bank were backed by Russia. So you may remember that right now there are court cases working their way through the court system to basically force Deutsche Bank to release documents related to the loans that they've given him. And Deutsche Bank doesn't want to give the loans and Congress is trying to get get the information. Mm-hmm. So th- those are tied up in the courts right now, but according to Forensic News, Trump's loans were underwritten by the largest Russian-owned state bank, which is VTB Bank. The report came from a whistleblower with access to documents from both Deutsche Bank and VTB Bank. 
they were the proposed VTB Bank was the proposed lender on the Trump Tower Moscow project that never um, materialized because but, he became president. Right, right. If you remember, BuzzFeed broke that news. I think like two years ago at this point. Yeah. Um, Michael that, Cohen like admitted it that it was happening, and Ivanka was actively working on it. Yes, absolutely. So, just the background of this story is that Trump, before The Apprentice, like let's say two thousand three, um, he had spent the ninety, the you know, much of the eighties and nineties, spending a shit ton of money on things that he could mismanage and not afford to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he would basically bankrupt multiple businesses, casinos, airlines, water companies, like anything he could get his hands on. Um, so he was broke um, pre-Apprentice, and he no, he had you know. Approached many banks for loans. None would loan to him except for Deutsche Bank. And it was always questionable why they would still lend to him. But -hmm. there is a theory that Deutsche Bank was not worried about um, Trump's loans because the Russians would back him Mm -hmm. uh, or this Russian bank would back him if needed at the urging of Vladimir Putin. And we know that Trump and Putin had already begun to have a relationship. Trump had been to Moscow before a few times. You know, he was kind of he always had a little bit of a Putin obsession. Putin Mm -hmm. once sent him a letter that Mm -hmm. he won't tell anyone what it says, Mm -hmm. like in the 90s. And Um, uh, Eric Trump once said that most of their money comes from Russia. Um, Kevin, GOP leader of the House, Kevin McCarthy, said he thinks Putin owns Trump. Yes. Um, And so these documents, um, the documents that this whistleblower put out came from the son of a former Deutsche Bank official who had recently committed suicide named Thomas Bowers, who was one of the people who had actually signed off on Trump's loans. So it's not really verifiable because the guy is, quote unquote, dead, <laughs> like Jeffrey Epstein, quote, dead. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so this is an ongoing thing. We're hoping Congress will get their hands on this. Yeah, so they can like soon. really verify everything that's going yeah, on. Yeah, I would love to see it. Yeah. As they say. (laughs) Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. 
You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Should we do it? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay, question. Question. Um, are we at war with Iran? Who? Technically, knows? no. Technically, There's been no, no congressional... Approval yes. of war with Iran. Um, so here's what happened. Early Friday morning, the Pentagon announced that the United States had killed a person named Qasem Soleimani, who is the number two in Iran. He's number two to the, you know, the Ayatollah. He's the top military leader, and many thought was the future potential president. Um, the strike happened just outside Baghdad International Airport, and at the same Iraq, time, yeah. what? I'm just saying in Iraq. Oh, oh, he's yeah. a, he's Iranian. It yeah. happened in Iraq. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's a good thing to clear up, actually. Yeah. In addition to Soleimani, he was with the um, head of the Iraqi Popular Mobilization Forces, which is, you know, basically like a faction in, in Iraq. Um, his name is Abu Mahdi al-Muhandis. He's the deputy head of this organization. He was also killed in the um, in the attack. Um, so he was the leader of the Revolutionary Guards Quds Force, which the U.S. deems a foreign terror terror organization. Um, they actually recently gave them that designation within, I believe, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Quds Force is responsible for carrying out some of the foreign activities of Iran's Revolutionary Guard. So just to understand how Iran's military works, they have their Revolutionary Guard, which is like kind of their official military, yeah. like their state military. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the way they work is that they'll sponsor these factions in different countries. Mm-hmm. So like they'll have like an Iran-backed faction in Iraq, which is yeah. what this leader who was also killed was was part of but he was also a part of the iran the iran revolutionary guard yes in addition to these other factions yeah so it's sort of like these leaders are like crossover people where they're like you know they might be in syria but they're actually Mm. they're actually working for iran's revolutionary guard yes and it's also kind of similar to how i think we hire contractors to do some you know foreign work for us yes yes definitely even though they're like they're usually like former military people, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, exactly. So that's why some people would say Iran has like a weak military, but ultimately they have a lot of reach given mm-hmm. how small their actual military is. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the the Iran Revolutionary Guard, the IRGC, you've probably seen that, um, that abbreviation a few times, helps defend and pursue Iranian interests outside of the country in territories such as Iraq, Syria, Yemen, Afghanistan, Palestinian territories, and Lebanon. They also provide support to Shiite armed groups in those countries. And these groups or people related to the IRGC have been blamed for a number of attacks on Americans and our allies. Um, Soleimani himself has been officially linked to 600 American deaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more likely that it's thousands and you know, a, a bunch of separate operations rather than one big, you know, I don't think there's one big operation that maybe, you know, we would all like would yeah. be a household name yeah. of an operation. 
Um, Trump claimed on Twitter that he has killed millions. Yeah. The accuracy of that is debatable. Yeah. Like most things he says on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, when it comes to fighting ISIS, the Quds Force was actually on our side, and they helped mil- the, uh, mobilize tens of thousands of Shiite militiamen against ISIS on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had, the Quds Force has about 20,000 members. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is Soleimani mm-hmm. and uh, what he is in an official capacity. But I think it's important to understand that this man is a national hero. Yeah, people re- he was, there were cutouts of him in the airports. People really... People really liked him um, who were there. And it's interesting because, you know, before this, there were, you know, obviously not everyone was on the same page in Iran. There were factions. And then after this, a lot of people seemed to be, a lot of Iranians and, you know, powerful people in Iran seemed to be united behind, you know, in anger at this uh, assassination. Yeah, I mean, he was very well liked. He had a cult-like status. Uh, His funeral, if you look at the amount of people at his funeral, it is insane. Definitely bigger than Trump's inauguration, like, clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the the reason that this killing is such a big deal Mm -hmm. is because this is not the same as killing Osama bin Laden, who is who was the leader of a terrorist organization that is not part of a sovereign government. Yeah. Um, The difference with this is that Soleimani was a deputy in Iran's sovereign government. So he was like a real governmental official. He wasn't like some extra governmental guy who's not part of a real country, Mm -hmm. who's like just a faction of a terrorist group. He was a real government official. Um, That's that's, why people are calling it an assassination. Mm -hmm. Um, The last time we killed a leader like this... um, was during World War II when the American military shot down the plane carrying Japanese Admiral Isoroku Yamato. So think about this as like if they had killed Mike Pence Mm -hmm. or Or like Mike Pompeo or any John Kerry, like any serious, um, but not, but at like in an airport in like Toronto. Yeah, exactly. And then they also happened to kill like a Canadian, uh, deputy of some kind yeah that's that's a great analogy for how it would be so that's so that's why this was such a serious um killing that has led to you know kind of an uh, an upheaval mm-hmm. rather than oh someone osama bin laden or when they killed Baghdadi. Mm-hmm. it wasn't like this wasn't the same thing yeah and i mean we'll get into why we think we might he might have done this but you know he, trump did just assassinate uh Baghdadi, and he did get praise for it um and i maybe one of his thought processes was you know oh i did this great i did this let me just do that again yeah but i think the difference here is that baghdadi was like the one leader first of all he was not part of a real government he's the isis leader which is not a country that's not Mm -hmm. a government they're not sovereign although they would say they're sovereign but that's not accepted internationally yeah so it's different um but soleimani Basically, right now they're saying America's more safe because Soleimani has like organized so many attacks, killed so many people. But this isn't like some janky organization. Like mm-hmm. they have, you know, a succession plan in place. They already have a successor. His name is General Esmail Ghani. Mm-hmm. Um, they have plans in place. Their operations, I doubt, will be affected um, as much because this guy was part of like a a real government structure, yeah. not some like, you know hastily yeah. pulled together terror cell yeah so um, you got, yeah. yeah so 
just to like why this decision was made ultimately, at least the this, this why why they say it was made. So, on December twenty seventh, a rocket attack by Iranian backed militias. So, like we said, not the Iranian government, but an Iranian backed militia. Uh, killed an American sil- uh, civilian in a rocket attack, um, and others Iraqi other others on an Iraqi military base. Uh, so then Trump was presented with options to you know for retaliation, and so something that happens with Trump and I think other like uh, presidents and officials is what they'll do is they will present you know a range of options, basically like uh, you this know happens with every yeah, president yeah so like here is the extreme measure. Um, but here's some other things that I think just so you don't go to the extreme, here's the like other moderate things that we think that you should actually do to kind of like, you know, just to, to give the options. So, so yeah. it's a normal so thing it's, that it's happens. Normal, yeah. They present multiple options. So they will pick the blesser of two evils. Uh, so military officials, they put down the list because they didn't think they didn't think he would do it. And so he originally rejected the idea of killing, uh, Soleimani after that, uh, 27th rocket attack. So he, first he just opted to strike back with airstrikes of his own that killed 24 people which is still a lot i think it's like when you we like talk about it it's like we have to like like really like put into perspective that these are human beings i think about it as like there will be 24 funerals there will be 24 families Mm -hmm. like however many children each of them has like these are humans like yeah i'm maybe maybe they were planning to attack us i don't yeah yeah, but but still it's like it's not someone's mother, someone's child. Right. It's not some nothing thing. Yeah. It's still a significant military option. Exactly. Um, and then there was an attack on an American embassy. So, yeah, the in, in, in Iraq. And basically and it, and that by, was backed by the that, Iranians. Exactly. It was backed by the Iranians again. So Trump was very angry by this. There was a lot of coverage of it on the news. And as we know, Trump watches the news a lot. Um, and a lot of people are, are like thinking that, you know, he spent a lot of his campaign really against Hillary Clinton's handling of the Benghazi attack. Um, so he felt that if he did not respond to it, it would make him look weak. So when, you know, Pentagon officials then presented him with options yet again, he authorized the assassination. And, you know, these aides, these Pentagon officials, they were like shocked that he chose that one. And because, you know, they've been tracking Soleimani for decades and they had to kind of scramble to be like, okay, where exactly is he? I can't believe we're actually doing this, et cetera, et cetera. Well, apparently Bush and Obama had both been offered at one point, similarly, the option of assassinating this guy as well. Um, But they didn't take it because they felt that it would be too extreme of an option yeah. and and the risk of retaliation was too big because of how important and beloved this man was yeah and because you know you can't really you obviously can't tell what the future holds when you do something so large like that right um, especially when it's out it seems out of proportion to what has happened so far yes although an embassy an embassy attack is a pretty big deal yeah i think that they could have maybe you know maybe why, why wouldn't they assassinate the leader of one of these like side yes. militias Yes, not like a, 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 a an official like an official of a sovereign nation. Yeah. Um. So the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and other White House officials um, have like made the rounds on the Sunday shows and have done a lot of interviews. Have not been pressed hard enough, in um, in my opinion. But not they, at all. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's kind of like you know that the, I don't want to say media outlets are like rooting for war, but they're like you know it, it's something they like. 
they're definitely not trying to calm down anything. No, and they're also not. There, it's just it, it just doesn't seem like we're not holding them to their their feet to the fire as much for doing something so ex, ex, like extreme. Which is even crazier, considering like many of these reporters were working during the Iraq War, mm-hmm. or they were aspiring to work as journalists mm-hmm. during the Iraq War. And you would think that having seen how that whole situation went down, yeah. where the officials weren't pressed to provide like true evidence or like pressed on questions about like why we're doing this, where that all went. And Mm -hmm. now we've been stuck there for 20 years. I wonder if it's like, you know, people want to, you know, advance in their career, you know, it's kind of gross. But anyways, yeah, I would think like you would. Okay. Yeah. Different different issue. (laughs) So they were claiming, they're claiming that the, uh, the assassination was necessary to avoid an imminent attack on Americans, most likely American military in Iraq. Um, However, they have not actually provided any evidence or details about that, which is unusual. Um, They are saying that Soleimani had just returned from a tour, checking in on his militias across the region, which is actually not a, you know, He's done this before. There's been like this. It's like not too different from other in, in intelligence. It's like in the crown when they go on the Commonwealth tour. Exactly. He's like on his militia tour. Yeah. Um, so which seems like business as usual to me. Yeah, I know. So one official said that our intelligence can read communications between Soleimani and the Ayatollah who discussed an attack, but decided to discuss it in length in person. I just also find it interesting that you know you know pompeo and all these white house officials will cite the um you know our intelligence communities when it suits them yeah you know what i mean Uh, we 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 continuously are told over and over again and are provided with more and more information and intelligence about the fact that you know the russians influenced and hacked into our 2016 elections and are working to do so right now for 2020 and yet they kind of dispute but that. But then they're the deep state. But it's Ukraine, right. according to them, even though, our Ukraine, or even though our intelligence officials have actually continuously disputed that. Bad so, faith Pompeo. Which kind of, you know, it just fucking sucks because it really just shows, like, I, you can't trust anything these people are saying, no matter, even if everything is true. It's yeah, a, we have a cabal of cr- Republican criminals yeah. who have hijacked this country. Yeah. And now they are gunning for war with Iran because it's not going to affect them. Their kids aren't going to go to war. They're going to go in their little bunker in their little DC, you know, fancy restaurants. They're going to talk about this as if it's like, oh, we got to go to war with Iran. Like they're, you know, probably rooting for the end of days, half of them, at least in the case of Pompeo, we know that they are. And it doesn't actually affect them. So they're because they're never going to actually have to suffer for this. Mm-hmm. For them, it's just fun. It's like a video well, game. Mike Pompeo once said that, you know, Trump was put here to save Israel from Iran. Oh, yeah. Um, Many people believe that. A lot of people are saying. <laughs> a lot of people are saying. Yeah. <laughs> people have been asking. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are alarmed at the, at the prospect of Iranian uh, retaliatory, retaliatory uh, strikes on American troops in the region. So was this legal? Was it an assassination? It was an assassination. Is this legal? Uh, I mean, who are you asking? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> so, assass- so assassination is defined by the Associated Press as the murder of a politically important or prominent individual by surprise attack. Um, so basically, whether the legality of the strike depends on whether or not it was an assassination or not. Mm-hmm. Um, President Gerald Ford banned political assassination by executive order in 1976. 
um, saying in the order says that no person employed by or acting on behalf of the United States government shall engage in or conspire to engage in assassination. Mm-hmm. Um, this was after a Senate committee looked into covert, covert assassination attempts and found that assassination is unlawful unless we are actively at war or there is imminent danger. Yeah. So th- just to reiterate, assassination is unlawful unless we are actively at war or there is imminent danger. So, so yeah, that's why these these military these White House officials keep using the word imminent. Yes. They were trying to prevent an imminent attack by assassinating Soleimani. Yeah, and they and they've also justified saying it like, oh, this is like the war on terror. Mm-hmm. We're not in a war with Iran, but we're at war with their militias that they back. That's kind of like the number one workaround that I would say Republicans use to blame you blame Iran for whatever they're doing they're like oh well it's these militias so so the trump administration is claiming without any evidence that we were avoiding a specific attack even though it's there seems to be no evidence of a particular attack that was being planned um they still have not provided details so some lawmakers have said that the information provided in classified settings last week painted an incomplete picture of a threat. Democratic Senator Tom Udall of New Mexico said his staff was briefed on the intel motivating the killing and they were unconvinced that it was warranted. So while we haven't personally seen any evidence, um, Mike Pence wrote a tweet on Friday riddled with falsehoods linking around to al-Qaeda and blaming him for 9-11. So he tweeted yesterday, President Donald Trump took decisive action and stood up against the leading state sponsor of terror to take out an evil man who was responsible for killing thousands of Americans. Soleimani was a terrorist. Here are some of his worst atrocities. And then he listed some. And then one he listed was that he assisted in the clandestine travel of Afghanistan to Afghanistan of 10 of the 12 terrorists who carried out the September 11th attacks in the United States. First of all, there were 19 hijackers, not 12. 15 of them were from Saudi Arabia. None of them came from Iran. Um, so no one really knows except there's possibly an old state department report that found some Iranian official allowed the hijackers to move through Iran, but it doesn't say that Soleimani was the one to do that. And it doesn't specify that they helped them with 9-11 specifically. It seems that they just kind of traveled through the area. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, lying to start a war sounds familiar to me. Didn't realize we were going back to middle school in this episode. Yeah. Um, so some, I will. What? I just wanted to talk about this really interesting thing I saw on Twitter yeah. before um, higher power took my th- my feet out from <laughs> working. Um, it was basically, you know, how they were saying, you know, all the Republicans were like, Soleimani was like a huge threat, like yeah. so horrible. So this one uh, guy did this thing on Twitter where he searched in the tweets of several Republicans who were then saying how bad Soleimani was, like Marco Rubio and Lindsey Graham, and all those people. So they he searched like if they had ever mentioned Soleimani in a tweet from like the day before the attack through mm-hmm. the beginning of Twitter. Yeah. And like every single one of them had never mentioned him. Yeah. Except for Trump once mentioned him in a context of like something else, like yeah. something totally around. Someone like had asked him like a gotcha question. Yeah, that he, was he, what he, it was. he was saying it was a gotcha question because they asked him if he knew who this person was and he was like, and he know. didn't know. And he didn't know. <laughs> and it's like, well, maybe you should. Um, right. Especially since he, you know, he's yeah. the worst person ever. So he is pretty bad. I don't want to minimize no, so what he's done. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. So people, a lot of Democrats are, you know, or Republicans are accusing Democrats of being like, oh, they like, like, like they don't think it's a bad thing that he's dead. Like everyone is in agreement that he was a bad person. He's yeah. a terrible person. And 
you know, but they're just they're just saying like lo- like logistically and like, you know, for the sake of our, you know, humanity and us like not being in a war, was this the smartest decision to make at this moment? There are lots of really bad people who have killed Americans who we do not assassinate because mm-hmm. it would be imprudent. Well, you know, that happens. There, why don't we just kill Kim Jong Un? We could exact, just kill him, yeah, like if we wanted, uh-huh. but we don't because it's not practical and yeah. it's not war- it's not a smart thing to do because it would ultimately endanger us. Sorry, Al Basad. You know, well, it probably Putin. be less dangerous to kill Kim Jong Un than this guy, yeah, um, in, a, in a weird way because they don't have the nukes yet. I mean, I guess Iran doesn't either, but they have like this whole network, yeah. So Iran's supreme leader, he has called for retaliation and for three days of national mourning. Uh, He said his departure to God does not end his path or his mission, but a forceful revenge awaits the criminals who have his blood and the blood of other martyrs last night on their hands. So they are basically saying he's been martyred by this. Um, He then went went on to weep over Soleimani's open casket at the funeral. Um... Iran's security body also pledged to avenge his killing in the right place in the right time. Iran's United Nations ambassador called the killing an act of war and vowed that it would be met with revenge, a harsh revenge. Um, And this actually just came out, um, you know, one of Iran's biggest, you know, um, not what's the opposite of an ally? (laughs) Axis. Enemies. Enemies. (laughs) I was thinking of giving Axis and allies. Um, Is Israel. And Benjamin Netanyahu just said, made a statement to a security cabinet meeting saying the assassination of Soleimani isn't an Israeli event, but an American event. We were not involved and should not be dragged into it. And it was basically like a Mariah Carey, I don't know her moment. Um, yeah, because ultimately Israel is in so much more danger because of this. Mm-hmm. And he's probably like, oh, shit. Like, if this is on me. Yeah. Well, it's not on him, but it's. Well, they they're could, the ones who are more and, under threat. They're closer, yeah. and he could he could have been he could have so easily have made a statement not like this. He could have been like, "It's I, I, we're thankful" or something. You know what I mean? Like really sucking up to, to Trump and America again. But even he, even Netanyahu is is aware of the magnitude of this decision, the of like the repercussions it could have. Another reaction that's been happening is NATO and the U.S are halting their ISIS fight in Iraq because of this, because it is, it is very dangerous to be in Iraq right now. You know, the, the American Defense Department has immediately had to be like, if you're an American citizen in Iraq, you need to leave, um, which is scary. They're like, if you can't get out by airline, try and get off by land. And it's like, where the fuck where? are they supposed to go? Walk to Israel. Yeah, like, but you have to like go it's through other like places. It's a desert. It's hot. What are you, you going to do? It's the winter, uh, so it's like a little less. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and so, you know, NATO and NATO and the U.S. have they're halting their uh, ISIS fight in Iraq, and you know, the, the, that's the other thing about this is like, you know, Soleimani and the Iranian Iranians they were fighting ISIS with us. Yeah. They were against ISIS, and now, and you know, as much as Donald Trump likes to say that ISIS is defeated, it is not. Um, you know, they are, they have, you know, little pockets of, you know, their group all over the place. Um, and you know, this is kind of is one of the situations where it could leave an opening for a resurgence. Um, seeing how much ground we've lost here in, in the sense that they won't fight ISIS anymore. They are now fully backing out of the deal. Mm-hmm. They're kicking us out Iran of Iraq. Deal, yeah. That, that Iraq voted for us to get kicked out. Yeah. It shows how 
first of all, it shows how much ground we had in the Middle East. Yes. And how much we lost just well, from this one action. And it's also telling because, you know, Mike Pompeo said that there were Iraqis dancing in the street after this. Obviously not. Oh, like the Muslims dancing in New Jersey after yeah. 9-11? Obviously not. Also, like, why would they just go out and dance in the street? People don't just dance in the street. Yeah. Like, what? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Who's dancing? Um, I didn't see any dancing. Like, and so like we said, you know, there was a funeral for him. Millions were there. People were weeping in the street. Maybe that's what he thought the dancing was. Yeah. And they were, they were burning American flags, shouting death to the USA. And like we said, just weeks before, thousands of anti-government protesters had filled the streets to voice their frustration with Iran's leaders. But this killing has unified them. Um, Iranian lawmakers chanted death to America. Um, the country has put up a red flag over the great mosque in Jamkaran, which symbolizes a bloody battle to come. The flag reads, those who want to avenge the blood of Hussein. Um, a speaker taking part in his funeral procession said anyone who assassinates Trump should get an $80 million bounty. So, yeah, American securities as a result. Uh, as a result, American cities were under heightened secu- uh, security and scrutiny all weekend in anticipation of any attacks, whether it was cyber, et cetera, et cetera. However, the leader of Hezbollah, which was another um, Iranian-backed group, has said, I want to be very clear. We don't mean the American people. All across the region, there are American citizens, traders, journalists, engineers, and doctors. They cannot be touched. Any harm to U.S. Civ- civilians will only serve Trump's agenda. They have the, the, They have the foresight that Trump obviously does not have. You know what I mean? Like, they know... They know that they can, they, like, they're more likely to, you know, attack military bases in the Middle East um, or, you know, cyber attacks. They're not, you know, because they know anything that they do will, will reach further retaliation. And they, we've already done this thing. Yeah. So in response to in response to Iran saying that they would retaliate, Trump tweeted more warmongering shit mm-hmm. and he tweeted Iran is taking ver- talking very boldly about targeting certain USA assets as revenge for our, our ridding the world of their terrorist leader who had just killed an American and badly wounded many others not to mention all of the people who had recently killed he had killed over his lifetime including recently hundreds of Iranian protesters he was already attacking our embassy and preparing for additional hits in other locations Iran has been nothing but problems for many years let this serve as a warning that if Iran strikes any Americans or American assets we have targeted 52 Iranian sites representing the 52 American hostages taken by Iran many years ago, some at a very high level and important to Iran and the Iranian culture and those targets and Iran itself will be hit very fast and very hard. The USA wants no more threats. So meanwhile, so Trump's like the only person who can't read the room. Well, also, pretty much. and also what he's saying in this is some are, will attack the Iranian culture, those targets. That is a war, war crime. crime. Yeah, that is like, let is international law right you're not there's i think that something that probably trump doesn't understand is that there are actual like rules of engagement in war where you can't like there's yeses and nos about what you're allowed to hit what you're allowed to target what's like fair game mm-hmm. and he doesn't seem to get it also that like that's not fair and, game. you know th- th- something that is i feel like w- the trump is really destroying uh in this country is the moral high ground that americans claim to have even though like i know it's pretty like wishy-washy <laughs> but you know by saying these things and doing these things putting children in cages and etc you know he's really just taking away any of um, moral authority america has had other than the fear yeah yes completely like other than the fear of cyber threats that has consumed me 
um, since this happened. And he ordered the other a bunch thing, of non-perishables from... Uh, yeah, I ordered non-perishables from, from Costco like immediately after this happened because I was panicking. Like, I don't think you understand. Other than the the massive fear of cyber threat that I felt is like this grief over like what our country is and what it's become mm-hmm. and kind of like fear of what the future will hold because on December 27th, the first day that this story even really starts, Iran, China, and Russia were doing military, they were doing um, coordinated military exercises together. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that like, let's say one of them got attacked, mm-hmm. they would then, they're basically trying to figure out how to have a coordinated response together. Mm-hmm. So what that's telling me is that there's like kind of a complete global realignment mm-hmm. and we're not on the strong side yeah. because we have a Russian puppet as president. So basically like one of our, like our leader is beholden to one of their leaders, Putin. Uh, the NATO alliance is very weak. Bre- Bre- uh, Britain is no longer going to be part of Europe. So that mm-hmm. entire alliance is is shot. So like where our allies, no one supported that, that we did this. No. Um, and it's just a little bit scary to see that, that we're, that this country that we thought was like, Oh, we're, we're the, we're the superpower. It will always be safe here. We have, um, and we have our allies anyways, if anything ever happens. And we have the message of democracy that we believe in of like Liberty and security and all these things. And just feeling that all those things are sort of slipping away. Like, this week mm-hmm. is really, really scary. And and the part that feels the worst is that like we did it. Yeah. It wasn't like this just happened to us. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we didn't do it. Not no, us but I mean personally. we the country. Yeah. Like the like we are <laughs> we, we are Americans and no, like I know, yeah. good and bad. Yeah. Um Trump considered con- continued warmongering. Um so basically he had gotten a lot of reactions from the Democrats that like basically said, like, you can't just start a war randomly um, and he tweeted kind of in response to that these media posts capital M capital P will serve as notification to the United States Congress that should Iran strike any US person or target the United States will quickly and fully strike back and perhaps in a disproportionate manner such legal notice is not required but is given nonetheless it's like First of all, these are yeah. tweets. I love these, these, are these media, media posts. posts. <laughs> these, they're, they're fucking tweets, Donald. Yeah. Right. Your tweet. First of all, this is not notification to Congress. Uh, he says it's not required, but is given. It is required. Um, you don't have the, the the power to go to war under the War Powers Act. And you, you're also, saying you're going dis- to you're going to respond in a disproportionate manner. That that. Yeah. What is wrong with him? A lot. A, Dis- a disproportionate manner. A disproportionate amount is wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> it's deeply stressful. It is stressful. So some people have been talking about why they think he might be doing this, um, you know, distract from impeachment, et cetera, et cetera. But like just which is crazy to think of. One reason is potentially coming from him himself in 2011. Um, so this is Donald Trump talking about Barack Obama. Our president will start a war with Iran because he has absolutely no ability to negotiate. He's weak and he's ineffective. We have a real problem in the White House. So I believe that he will attack Iran sometime prior to the election because he thinks that's the only way he can get elected. Isn't it pathetic? It is very pathetic. Correct. I mean, show me the lie. He tells you his motivations right there. Yeah. Only he would think of that. Yeah. Um, Should we talk about the um, targeting at the border quick? Yeah. So as a result, um, you know, Customs and Border Protection is attaining Iranian Americans at the Canadian border 
questioning them about their backgrounds and political views, according to the New York Times and the Council on American-Islamic Relations. Um, so they're basically saying that immigration authorities detained and questioned at least 60 Iranians and Iranian-Americans over the weekend at the Peace Arch border crossing in Blaine, Washington. Um, apparently there was an Iranian pop concert in Canada and a lot of them wanted to go, as is their right. Yeah. Um, I love pop music too. Um, a CBP spokesperson dismissed them as false social media posts purporting that the Iranian Americans were detained and refused entry because of their ethnic origins. But I mean, the New York Times is reporting it and they're reporting it. And I mean, I don't, who, who are you going to believe? <laughs> the, the people who put them in cages? The people, yeah. Or the journalists? Yeah. Um, okay. The, the last thing that happened, um, up till now, so far, is that Iran has also announced it will no longer adhere to 2015 nuclear deal limits. This means that they will no longer observe any limits on the number of centrifuges it can install to enrich uranium or the level to which it enriches it, which is basically how you create a nuclear bomb. Um, this comes two years after the U.S. pulled out of the deal and imposed super harsh sanctions. Um, and that that's kind of like where this all began, yeah. is that we pulled out of the deal. Iran started provoking us, which slowly well, but surely led up to this yeah we you know and we provoked them by imposing harsher sanctions and you know negating our word um and it's just crazy because you know he's basically just destabilized our whole international policy and our you know our safety in in so many aspects you know north korea is continuing their military exercises uh we pulled we pulled out of the northern syria um what if north korea joins the russia china iran crew then they'll be the one they'll the only thing that's stopping North Korea from getting nuclear weapons is that they basically just don't have like the international stature to do so. Mm-hmm. But if they ally with these countries and those countries enable him to have the stature to do that, mm-hmm. then he'll do it. And then he's even crazier than the rest of them. So, um, And you know what else? What? Trump doesn't believe in climate change. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so it's all, everything is just making him an asshole, which kind of leads us into one more thing. Absolutely. So, um, an entire continent is currently on fire. Fabulous. Uh, Australia is facing one of its deadliest brush fire seasons in history. Um, at this point, there's 24 dead with dozens missing. Dozens missing. Um, 15 million acres have burned. Uh, 1,300 homes have been destroyed. And uh, they're estimating that 500 million animals are dead. Uh, some scientists are saying that um, some native species could be totally annihilated. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this is this is already a long episode, so I don't think we're going to get into like how this happened. Mm-hmm. But um we do want to tell you um that we have information for how you can help mm-hmm. um Australia during these fires. We have an article on the website which will tell you what you can do to help. You go to betches.co/australia and that will give you information where to donate, what you can do to help. Um and just more information in general. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of organizations on the site, so you can, you know, donate to the specific thing that you feel connected to. Yeah, skip um, your uh, Starbucks and just pitch that, you know? Yeah, don't buy plastic water bottles. Um, I do just want to say that their prime minister was vacationing in Hawaii when this was happening, and he was criticized for doing nothing. So mm-hmm. pretty much no one in charge knows what the hell they're doing anywhere, Mm -hmm. which is inspiring a ton of confidence in me personally. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. 
If you are not a subscriber to our email, sign up at betches.co slash sub sign up. It is written by our co-host Elise and it is today. I mean, today was the funniest thing ever, mm. but it is so funny every day. Um, follow us on TikTok at betches underscore sup on Instagram at betches underscore sup. And uh, be sure to tell your friends that helps grow this podcast really so much. And please rate, review and subscribe. That also makes us really happy and mm-hmm. helps us grow and pushes us up in the algorithm. So yeah, good. Great. Terrible. <laughs> Until the end of democracy. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this has been the Betches Up Podcast. The Betches Up Podcast is hosted by Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell Smith. The show is produced by Amanda Duberman. Our editor is Sean Kilby. The SUP is created by Sammy Fishbein. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to SUP at Betches.com. Betches.